Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Greg Kiefer, and today I am joined on the phone by George Weiss, former customs commissioner and one of the foremost experts on global trade, security, compliance, customs. George, welcome to the show. Greg, good to be here with you. Maybe you could just give us a little bit of background on yourself and you know what you've been up to for the past 20 or 30 years. Well, I was very fortunate in my career. I spent 25 years in government. I actually started my career, believe it or not, as an entry-level customs officer in the Port of Baltimore back in 1972. And then later, I did some other things, but I came back to serve as a political appointee as the Commissioner of Customs from 1993 to 1997. And after 25 years in government, I retired from government and I've spent the last 21 plus years working in the private sector, helping companies cope with the the rules and regulations of, of moving goods globally. On Supply Chain Radio here, we talk a lot about technology and, you know, in the spirit of full transparency, you know, you were advising one of the leaders in that space, a company called Integration Point that provides global trade management capabilities, which includes customs regulations and all of that stuff, correct? Correct. Yeah, this is where I'm I'm currently uh, senior advisor to Integration Point. That's what I'm doing now. Right. Okay. Okay. So I guess what maybe we can start about just in general, the regulatory environment for supply chain practitioners, you know, what they face today. I mean, what are you seeing out there? Well, you know, I've been in this business, as I just said, for a long period of time, and I've, I've never really seen a period that's quite the challenge to global traders as it is today, because, you know, what global traders really depend upon is wanting, wanting to know with certainty, what are the rules and what are the requirements and how do I keep up with them and make sure I get it right? Right now, with all the things that are going on in the world, uh, the new administration came in and immediately announced that we're no longer going to be in the Trade Pacific Partnership. We pulled out of that, talked about perhaps replacing that with some bilateral agreements, talked about renegotiating NAFTA, which is renegotiations are ongoing now. And then, then we have uh, announcement of new tariffs on steel and aluminum products from many countries around the world, if not most, and followed by a new announcement that there's a potential new 25% tariff going to be imposed on imports of products from China as a result of intellectual property rights. So, so these are difficult, challenging times to be involved in global trade because that certainty is lacking. Right. And one of the things that you know we've talked a lot about on this show is that when supply chains went global, they really became exposed to lots of different kinds of risks and disruption, whether it's a, a natural event, a political event, or you know something such as this. In your estimation, are companies going to have to retrench and, and rethink a global strategy? Or do you feel like they're just going to have to deal with this and, and try to keep business as usual going? Well, you know, for at least the last decade that I've been involved in these issues, you know, we've seen a growth in what we call global trade management, where companies have basically come to the realization that they can't continue to keep up with the global rules and regulations if they're doing it on a manual basis. And so we've seen this move to to try to ensure that you automate data flow from point of origin to point of destination, and you do so in a way that not only will enhance your ability to stay compliant, but it turns out it's going to give you greater visibility in the global supply chain. It's, it's going to improve the execution of, of the movement of the products in the supply chain itself and it potentially result in duty minimization. So that trend was already occurring. Now, the issues that we're talking about, I think, makes it even more critically important that you really manage that data flow so that you can do what we call data analytics. So you can look at fallback positions, because in the uncertain world we're in now, we're we have the threat of these additional tariffs being imposed by the United States. 
We have our trading partners. China has already announced what they intend to retaliate with in terms of increased tariffs. Other countries that have been subject to the steel and aluminum tariffs have not yet announced what retaliation they're going to do. But you can only imagine that you know when, when you're buying goods globally, there's usually a long lead time from the time you order it to the time they get here. Now, you may see a, a 25% additional tariff imposed on your goods before it enters the United States after it's already started heading in this direction. So that kind of uncertainty is is almost impossible to manage in the short term. But, you know, when you look at medium and longer term, you've got to be as nimble as you can be, and you've got to have data analytics that you can really focus on alternative solutions. If indeed this product gets subject to this tariff from this country, where else can I turn? And and what, what can I do in terms of, you know, getting that in at a, at a reasonable cost with some efficiency? So So that makes it just more challenging than it's been in the past and makes it more critically important than it's ever been to have a really, uh, you know, robust global trade management system to deal with all of this. What happens if you don't have one? I mean, is it that the goods aren't allowed in? You get fined? I mean, I've heard that you can go to jail. I mean, what are some of the the implications of being bad at this? Well, I mean, and as I told you in my introduction, my focus has been imports, but I'll start with exports. I know less about that, but just cryptically, we know that if you have problems with exports and you send it to a party that's on the restricted party list or you send it to an embargoed country, you're facing tremendous adverse consequences as a company and in the export arena, potentially even in terms of individual liability. So let me just leave it with there. Exports is a big deal and you really got to be on top of it for the risk of getting it wrong. On the import side, it's very important because any company is going to face fines and penalties if they get it wrong. But the good news is that back in the day when they used to be on the Hill, we did something in 1993, we enacted the Customs Modernization Act. And it basically did a lot of things. But what it did is set the rules of the game of, of when you're bringing goods in. And what it did is it, it set a standard. So, the, you know, you're to exercise reasonable care as a global trader, as an importer, to get it right. And if you can demonstrate that you've exercised reasonable care, you're still going to have to pay any additional duties that we find that you didn't pay and you owe. But what it does, it gets to mitigate any penalties that could result from that transaction. So if you demonstrate that you've exercised reasonable care, you're probably going to get very modest or no penalties at all. But if you did not do what a normal person would do to try to get it right, to make sure that you're doing everything reasonable people would do to get it right, then you're subject to, if it's considered to be a negligence, you've got to a penalty. If it's considered gross negligence, you've got a very severe penalty. And if it's considered fraudulent in that you should have known, you have information that should have helped you get it right and you didn't, then you're in for real significant fines, not likely arrest or prison time. So long answer to your question, but it's almost impossible as I look at the world that we're challenged with today to do this manually. I mean, you just think one of the core components of any global trade management system like the one that we have we're very proud of our global trade content. And what that does, you know, rules and regulations that we've just talked about are changing rapidly all the time. The rates of duty are changing. You know, uh, the new quotas are being imposed. There's all kinds of things that are happening on a daily basis. No individual and no individual company, I think, can keep up with all of that when they're involved in trading through multiple countries. We as a company and, and any, many of our competitors, we basically have a full-time large staff that on a daily basis, updating that global trade content. So you've got the most up-to-date rules and regulations in place whenever your goods are being shipped. 
And without that, you're likely to get it wrong. And I think Tustin's looking at me saying, well, you really didn't demonstrate to me that you made much of an effort to get it right. So you may be paying not only additional duties, but fines and penalties as well. So Again, I apologize for the long-winded answer, but I think it's a pretty critical point. Well, it, it certainly highlights, I mean, I think the word complexity came up many times in your answer there, and it's true. I mean, if you think about, even if they make a car here in Detroit area, and it's the steering wheel that, for some reason, you didn't handle properly, you're not going to be able to make the cars, you know? So it's a very classic supply chain challenge that has that kind of legal enforcement reality that's hovering over it like a big dark cloud in some respects. Exactly. So, you know, obviously we have a challenging political climate right now, and I suspect that that will ebb and flow with the administrations for the foreseeable future. But, you know, how do you see this world evolving as we go forward? I mean, certainly globalization isn't going away. I mean, companies are going to continue to source overseas are going to continue to export into new markets overseas. I mean, it is a global economy, no matter who the administration is. Where do you see this this category that we've been talking about going? Is it just going to continue to get harder and harder, or is there light at the end of the tunnel? Well, you know, it, it's really hard. I don't have my crystal ball working as well as it has in the past, but as I look forward, I mean, clearly these issues are going to unfold as we watch them. And that's one of the things that I've often said when I'm talking to the business community today is that as they're unfolding, you know, as a company, you have to stay engaged in this process. You've got to be closely monitoring the developments on the so-called additional 301 action, they call it against China for intellectual property rights violations. They published a list of Chinese products that would be subject to this additional tariff. And right now there's a process unfolding where public comment is being received so that if you have a an item on that list that's going to adversely impact you. You've got to get your comments in and say, hey, this is going to hurt me. It's going to hurt U.S. jobs, et cetera. So that process is unfolding. And as it's unfolding, China's holding off doing their retaliation. So there's a period there to see hopefully we can avoid those additional tariffs. So, so I guess that's my, my first point. In addition to just managing your global trade going forward, you've got to be staying engaged and watching and observing what's unfolding. And as it unfolds, like you said, I, I don't think there's any turning the clock back to globalization. I think no matter what the outcomes of, of these initiatives are, we're going to see enhanced globalization. We're going to see a continuation of products being made with components from countries around the world. I don't think it's going to ever happen again where you're going to see many products that are the 100% the product of a particular country. That you can't stop. So I guess as I reflect on it, it means it just... You can't just do this without having clear processes and systems in place to get it correct to the best you can. But how do you predict? I mean, you know, you know, you've been involved in the global supply chain. I mean, how can you predict if you've got a good that's being shipped and at the time you shipped it, the duty rate on it was 2%. And when it lands in the United States, it's now 27%. I mean, that your cost structure is... It's really thrown out of whack. And, and when you're talking about moving components of goods, you know, it, it's into the, the, the aftermarket. So it's a difficult world we're living in right now. And hopefully it'll calm down and hopefully we'll get back to, as I said, my point I made before, what business needs more than anything is certainty and predictability because they have to plan. And in order to plan, they have to know what the rules and regulations are and they want to be compliant. You know, so you got to have, you know, you be nimble on your feet. You've got to have systems and processes in place to be able to get it right in a difficult world. And to do that, you better be managing your data flow from beginning to end 
in a way that you can do some data analytics and make some informed decisions and have some fallback plans for when plan A isn't working so well. That analogy you just used is a great one because it's, it is true. It's very hard to predict a disruption, right? It's, you know, no one predicted the earthquake in Japan, right? But I've always found that when an event, an unexpected event happens, you know, maybe you can plan for it, but likely you can't. It really boils down to he or she who can see more accurately first will be better fortified to respond smartly. It does boil down to information technology and data and analytics so that you really have a good sense of what's going on. So it's similar to what we've talked a lot about on the show in other areas of the supply chain, but this is certainly a biggie and it can be massively expensive if you get it wrong. So it's definitely something that our listeners, I'm sure, are paying attention to, but if you're not, you should, right? Okay, well, George, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This is Greg Kiefer. This is Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing off.